3: This is Off-Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome. Hi, wow. James. Man,
2: this... Okay. <laughs> You look like you're in like some abandoned hallway.
3: Okay, so I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna paint you a little picture. Mm. All right. Uh, I am sitting in the lobby of uh, Denver's finest lacrosse training facility. Okay, uh, we'll get to why in a second. The flickering lights you just saw, and the fact that I was on and then went off and then came back on. Uh, Internet's a little spotty because the building had a bit of an issue a few nights ago where a a street racer lost control and plowed through the building's transformer, Uh, moved it about five and a half feet from where it's supposed to live. Right. Uh, And so the building's currently running (laughs) off a generator, which is supposed to be shut off at five o'clock local in 20 minutes, but we've managed to get them to extend it a little bit for us. Um, yes, Alex, uh, <clears throat>
2: cause they're cause they're sold out of hotels
3: in Denver. No. So, um, that would have required enough time to get to my hotel, uh, from where I was.
2: So you just randomly pulled into a place and said, Hey,
3: no. So amazingly, I have a friend in Denver one, exactly one. Uh, Alex Viggy, former IndyCar driver, and uh, he owns this facility. And I was originally, so, okay, we're going to back up a little Your bit. Your
2: commitment guys. to this show is is honestly too much.
3: You know what? I'm glad that you.
4: We told you you could skip this week. I know. <laughs>
2: like,
3: I know. You we were fine. But I'm I'm a professional. And you went through your
2: Rolodex to find an establishment that had internet and flickering lights just to record this show in Denver when you had to drive there overnight because of an emergency with your dog. Yeah, dude, like eight people listen to this show,
3: and you know what? I hope at least six <laughs> of them that. are appreciative of <laughs> yeah, that no effort. Sh-. Wow. Um, yeah, man, Tim yeah. must
2: feel like garbage for how little he. I turns. don't.
3: I, Tim yeah. barely no, made I it do. to this show, and he was just like grocery shopping or something picking up
4: my child from school but yeah i'm late i'm sure (laughs) i'm never late for that thank you (laughs) so um
3: yeah how are you guys doing
2: (laughs) um yeah fine i mean i had a honestly there's nothing that i can i'm fine james
4: everything's good good. everything's so it's yeah i can't really complain after that one can you yeah Yeah. well you had to do two podcasts today that's gotta you know that sucks i'll uh
3: all right so let me back up let me back up for those at home that don't know why i'm in denver uh unfortunately our darling bernadoodle weller uh we found a cancerous lump on him a cancerous tumor and he's only four so a bit of a surprise to find and as you do with dogs we kind of put out a call to try to get you know, the best help we could on this topic. And our boy, Graham Hall kind of came through in a big way um, through OneCure, which is a, a partner of his, a sponsor of his on his car, um, and has done some, some stuff in IndyCar in the past. I got connected, Becky and I got connected with uh, a vet from OneCure at their facility that runs out of Colorado State University. And there's some of the best uh, veterinary oncologists in the country. So what do you do for your pets? You load up the car. And you drive like, well, we drove 13 hours last night um, and then stopped and then finished the drive about three hours today just to get kind of to Denver. And then that Becky came with me because she wanted, like, she didn't want me to have to do this drive on my own so we could split the drive time. We got to Denver, had basically two hours in Denver, and then I had to go drop her off at the airport. Uh, Because she had to fly back to Toronto. She's on set tomorrow. She's working. I'm staying. We've got appointments Wednesday and Thursday with Weller at the vet here. And then I'm flying straight out to um, New York because this weekend is kind of a thing that we'll talk about. Uh, My mom is flying from Toronto out to Denver to watch Weller here while Becky and I are in New York. And then from New York, I got to fly back to Denver First part of next week, hopefully get his treatment sorted, and then eventually drive him back before hopefully I've got to leave to go to Austin for the F one race. <laughs> so it's been wow. a bit of a been a bit of a trip, uh, but again, my buddy Figgy, who lives here in Denver, and I don't get to see enough. And uh, I told him I was going to be in town. And the fact that this worked out to be at his place for the show was just comical, um, and and very appreciative of that. But yeah, so that's what we're doing and what mm-hmm. we're dealing with. So it's been a it's been a rough sort of forty eight hours. But uh, you know, Becky's at the airport as we speak, probably sipping down a cocktail at the lounge, and I'm gonna have dinner with my buddy Figgy and my little boy Welly, and then tomorrow all the all the craziness starts at the hospital. We'll see see what's wrong with them and what we got to do.
2: Well, I was thirteen minutes short of. Uh getting eight hours of sleep last night that? <laughs> God, I hate you so much. <laughs> that sucked yeah um, we were
3: in bed for six probably sleeping for like four because mm. he wasn't super comfortable in like a hotel yeah you know, for the first time and it mm. was obviously a pet friendly hotel so there was other dogs who would occasionally mm. bark and then he'd mm. bark and it was the
4: whole thing mm. i mean alex i can relate i was 19 minutes short yeah, man, it's tough, right? Like, it's how? Just, how, whole how do we get through the day? At that yeah. point, yeah. Right? I mean, then, like, then I had. To I mean, I took to, a nap, but then I had to go to like a boxing class, and
2: then <laughs> I had lunch with my buddy Philippe, who was in town, and then
4: talked to Tony Canaan. Talked to Tony
2: Canon I honestly like considered having a nap. But I thought I shouldn't. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I want you to
3: know I could be napping right now during this hour. I could be Again,
4: We told you you didn't have to. Honestly, do you should it's be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were both fine. Pretty,
2: pretty dumb that you are not I'm,
3: yeah.
4: I'm doing um, it wrong. Okay. Well,
2: in all seriousness, um, that is, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, we don't have kids, obviously. So, mm-hmm. Tim's dogs slash, are our children tim slash other parents who listen to this show like i can't even imagine anything worse but until i have a kid that's than that o- obviously when i have a kid that will change but um it's your worst nightmare so
4: mm-hmm.
2: yeah i'm sorry Both you're going to through do. it i also would have 100 percent gotten in a car and driven to denver so i can completely yep. relate so yeah
3: yeah no we're doing the right thing um mm. and again big shout out to graham and uh and the and the doctors at at the place here that are that are helping us out. Um, but I just I gotta tell you this wild story, right? So you hear about this. So he he went into our vet in Indy last week because he we found this kind of like lump on him. Like actually, my our dog sitter found it first. Took him in, got a biopsy, and we got the results back, and they're like, yeah, unfortunately, one of the masses seems to be cancerous. And so, you know, you hear that, and then you immediately go through, like, all the emotions, right? Because mm-hmm. he's only four. Like, it's, it's a pretty unexpected thing to hear. And it could be as simple as they just slice it off and off you go, or it could be as bad as it's not the only place. He's got to do surgery and chemo and radiation and all Like You just don't know, right? And so, of course, you run through all the different permutations and all things, whatever, whatever. So Becky and I had finally got to the point where we are like, no, no, we're going to stay positive. We don't know what it is yet. He's young. He's healthy otherwise. He's got a strong immune system. Like, we're going to get through it. We've got, we got great help, and i got the best in the country that are going to work on him. So, like, we're good. So we do this drive, and it's, you know, it's a bit of a mission, but we, no problem. So today, in our, like, two hours in Denver, we go to lunch. So we find a place that's dog-friendly. By the way, Denver is great. Like, I love this city, and I've always loved this city. Uh, I forgot how much I loved this city. But anyway, so we're at this – we went to we found a place that was dog-friendly. We're sitting on a patio, and the guy comes to take our order, and uh, he brings a bowl of water out for Weller, and he goes, hey, may I pet your dog? And we're like, yeah, of course. And so he starts petting him. He's like, oh, I love Bernadoodles. He goes, I just lost mine. And we're like, oh, I'm so sorry. How old was he? And the guy goes, five. And we're like, what was it? And They were like, "Bone cancer. And picky and I were like, oh, my God, I hate everything about this interaction so much. (laughs) Like, we had finally got to a good spot. Like, everything's cool. Like, yeah, my five-year-old Bernadoodle, he died of bone cancer. We're like, god damn it, man. This is not fun for anybody. So the the poor guy's just, like, petting Wella. Like, you could see him, like, petting his own dog in his head, right? And we're like, this is terrible. This is awful. And it just, like, ruined the next hour before I had to take her to the airport. Like, oh, my God. Oh no! But it's gonna be fine. That's fine. That's not. That's not what's gonna happen here. This is different. But it was. I just couldn't. Couldn't believe that that was who served us in all of Denver.
4: Yeah, it's anyway, rough. Uh, we're off so to it, a real lighthearted this, fun. It's this today. lacrosse establishment.
2: Do they serve alcohol? Like, can you get yourself <laughs> no. a drink? Or you burned
4: it.
3: Yeah. Jesus. I'm, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it in a minute. Um, but all right. Anyway. On to, on to happier, cooler things. Um, Alex, big week. Yeah.
2: Why? I mean, at this, how at this are you point, feeling? At this, uh, fine. Like, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm getting married, but also, like, all of the planning stuff, it's either going to be fine or it's not. Yeah, Like, it's, it's funny you get to this point where you've cared so much, and now I could care less. I just honestly want it to be over. Yeah. Not because... I mean that in a nice way possible. You,
3: you want it to happen. Like, you just want right. it to happen. You just want to get right. to it. It's right. like it's like how building up to the Indy 500, you get to it, you're like, we just want to race now. Like, let's just go. Let's stop all mm. this other stuff. Let's just go race. But I know, like, we were talking about this the other day. It's like, whatever happens here is just, that's what was supposed to happen, and you just can't get mad at anything. Like, this is just it now. You just Now you're along for the ride. You've got great planners to take care of the little crises that come up. And anything else, it's just like, okay, whatever. It is what it is.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that. Um I, as we alluded to on last week's show, am driving the hybrid for the first time. Uh well, I'll be driving it when this episode comes out. Uh so that's Weather pending. exciting. No, it's a beautiful day on Thursday now. Oh, Seventy seven nice. degrees. Uh real nice. Perfect. And uh yeah, that's about that's about it for me guys. Not a so not a whole lot happening.
3: There's been has there been any like Quote unquote last minute wedding dramas. Has there been anything in the last call it like two weeks, three weeks, where it's like, okay, this is not something I thought we'd have to still be dealing with at this
4: point?
2: Um, no, cancellations. Are we, are we
4: talking about with the wedding or the uh, uh with the testing? No, 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 the wedding,
2: yeah, uh, I, cancellations, I, okay, and and already having seating things made and created and now yes
4: I will I'm gonna confess I've been doing something pretty mean I've just been texting Kelly and Alex like as a combined group just like the worst request you can do before a wedding like hey can I get like two more plus ones She's like, two more. You don't have a plus one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> two or, uh, more, you mean
3: two because you had zero. Or just sending
4: current. me like pictures of me in dumb outfits, being like, cool if I wear this to the wedding and just stuff like that. And I don't think I'm, I think I might get uninvited by Saturday. Like, yeah, I feel I mean, like I've been pushing it. <laughs> your invitation was, was, was pretty marginal as it was. Here's the thing
2: like, we need the numbers at this point. So you're good.
3: <laughs> okay, how many, right. how many have dropped out?
4: Uh, so five. I can get that plus three. Five, okay. But I okay. mean,
2: I'm not naive. I expect another three or four. I bet.
3: Ah, it's so close, man. Like we're talking days now. Like we're talking two yeah. days. You're yeah. leaving for the thing. Yeah. So
2: hey, it is what it is. Life Do you happens. Want
3: to publicly shame anybody? No, no. Um, Can life you happens. shame them? Yeah. I mean, hold on. T- Tim will block this out. Who canceled?
2: I'm I i I'm more not annoyed affected. about my seating chart than I am um, if they're there, okay. not, quite
3: frankly. So so with the cancellations of these unnamed people, does it totally throw the seating charts for a loop, or can you just pull them out and there's just going to be some blank spots?
2: Well, no, the problem is all five were from the same table. No. <laughs> oh, no. You just get rid of that table. Well, no, because they're, they're three long tables. They're not like uh, circular tables,
3: right? Okay, so oh, that's like, okay. So you can just kind of spread everybody out a little more, and you'll barely notice. I, I don't
4: have to be near James, though, do I?
2: Uh, well, you're you're nowhere near anyone, so.
4: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'll the take right a weekend to in New York. I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's at the kids' table by himself. Yeah, because there's no kids. Yes, yeah. exactly. Except I, I did tell Kelly I'm bringing Hazel.
2: No, Tim. You're actually in 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 a hilarious turn of events. We, you're next to me, um, and uh, you're across from. Honestly, the two drunkest people at the party are going to be you and the person you're across from.
4: Ooh, who am I across from?
3: Is it an, is it a member of the bridal party? No. Nope. Wait. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> is there still talk that Joseph's going to try to finish Petite, hop on a jet, and make it for the after party? There is. Yeah. That would be, would be heroic. one of the greatest uh, wedding appearances of all time. Yeah. Fair, you have a lot of catching up to do. I actually did that for my cousin's wedding. She got married. Uh, we had, we had a Saturday race at Milwaukee, and I raced there. And then a friend was going to Toronto on a plane by complete coincidence, and I ju- I jumped on his thing and made it in time for you know at least the dancing at the reception. So
4: it's been done. And if he doesn't do it now, he sucks. Well, all right, so. I'm excited for next week because we're going to have a lot to talk about because I'm just assuming a Rossi planned wedding is going to be insane. Like, it's going yeah, to be very well executed. Be, yeah. Um, but, some, very,
3: some high-level curation. Um,
4: anything you want to get us ready for, or should we just talk about the wedding next week?
2: I mean, I think I've told you guys most of everything that's going down. Like, it's super non-traditional. Um, I got yeah. my
4: white suit. It just got, I got in just in time. Yeah.
3: I, um, so you're, you tonight have a, is this your final dance lesson?
2: No, we have one tomorrow night.
3: Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah, really? push it as. <laughs>
2: oh, a hundred percent. Like the push only reason we're not it. doing it on Thursday is because I'm driving a race car on Thursday. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I hey, actually dude. considered at one point flying her out.
3: I, I was going to say. Sharna was my coordinator. We had a lesson the day before at the venue because <laughs> she was there. So I get it. Yeah. Uh, so, and you told me that like you had originally booked a certain number of lessons thinking that'd be good. And then after doing it, you're like, wow, we need way more lessons. <laughs> so,
2: so yeah. So, so Dalton uh, and Nicole Kellett um, recommended this studio, whatever you want to call it. Um <clears throat> that they went to for lessons before their wedding last year. And he was like, yep, it was really straightforward, easy. Like it's good for beginners. You'll love it. Cool. So we went over there, did like the introductory, like 15 minute little lesson thing um, with our would-be instructor. And we were like, yeah, she's pretty cool. And we like the setup and the flow of it and how it goes and everything. Sign us up. So she was like, great. Our beginner like package, our first dance package that we put together for people is five lessons and it's essentially 500 bucks. Right. And we get everyone through that. Um, and you know, you're a couple months before your wedding. So we'll have plenty of time to like adjust anything that you want and make sure you're in, in, in time with the song and all this stuff. We're like, great. Well, we got to lesson five and we were like, we are going to need five more. Like we need to do this package again. And she was like, thank God you said that. Um, so <laughs> we uh, went to the little front desk and uh, signed up for five more. And so now we're at eight. And to, to to be honest, like um, now you're feeling good. The last two were pretty much like we were hooked up and these two are like really unnecessary, but at the end of the day, like you're never going to do too it, much man. practice. Correct. Um, and like, but yeah, it's amazing that essentially it took us ten hours to learn a minute and twenty second dance.
4: Yeah, I, Dude, you know what, I was was kind of funny. I asking, get it. I wish I want to be able to dance at Alex's wedding when there's like there's dancing going on. And I even like looked up like courses to teach you how to dance at a wedding. I'll tell you what you what you don't find anything for people that aren't the groom or bride when you search that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that makes sense Which, uh, yeah, yeah that, that was like people I, are I did that i was like oh that was dumb
4: yeah for a wedding but i didn't know what to search like not. i didn't i didn't want to i didn't i don't know what to look for when you're looking ballroom for like dance a dance like a ball okay ballroom dance lesson should have been what yeah, i did just I go didn't. to your and local yourself. like fred astaire
3: or arthur murray or whatever, I, or whatever i
2: i will say i will say like her and i kind of what i like we enjoy it to the point where once you have the stress of it being like your wedding dance song and you're like, this has to be perfect for all the obvious reasons. Like I I don't, I don't think it's too far fetched to say that we you'd probably continue through the winter. Cause like our instructor's cool. It's something cool to do once or twice a week. Like it's kind of a date night thing. You're learning a new skill. You're kind of like doing it together. Like, I don't know. I don't Dude, hate it.
3: Beck and I have talked about doing this forever. Like, if you guys actually pull the trigger, we would for sure also do it because I've wanted to do that for well, seven years.
2: Like, it's just one of those things. Like, I would love to play the piano, b- being able to have some ability to dance. Like, I just see, feel like those are life skills. Like, we also yeah. need to learn how to play golf. Yeah, like working on that. These are just life skills that an established <laughs> gentleman needs to have. We already know how to drink whiskey.
4: <laughs> we're pretty good at whiskey down, and martinis yeah. i'd be down to get into golf should we do like an off-track like golf thing
2: as soon as you move to indianapolis yes
4: yep again i got like eight more years right 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 um, <laughs> well we're gonna be we're gonna
3: be at least two ahead of you because it's probably yeah. gonna take us over five <laughs> or six before we actually get off our asses and do this
1: All right. Well, as
4: excited as I am for this wedding, I feel like it's going to be better. uh, And there's
2: because because of so many cancellations, Tim, there is now a single lady that'll be there.
4: So, all right. Can't wait to embarrass myself in front of her. But you wish Um, you got dance lessons now. (laughs) I sure do. But at least the whiskey part will help. Okay. So there was some racing. There There was was. some F1 racing. And... So a lot going on 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 Twitter the heat and and how difficult yes. it was for the drivers. And like I you know what? I don't know. Was it was it hotter than you guys have had to deal with in races? Cuz I mean, I know it's been pretty rough. I, do they have the same apparatus that you can wear with the cool suits or No. Like, so so here's the thing.
2: Um I was I was surprised that there was so much heat related issues because I mean, F1 races in some hot ass places and they have for years. Like, I mean, they race all over the world. So it's bound to be hot climates every once in a while. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. As James, internet is gone. So I'll I'll keep going. But like, I remember Kuala Lumpur um, in Malaysia is like catastrophically hot. Singapore is always very hot. Obviously the race in Abu Dhabi is hot. Um, Yeah. You know, Brazil can be hot. anyways so i was surprised to to see so much problems but because of all their hot races that they do compete in like i don't think it was fake like i don't think guys were just bitching about it like i it yeah, had to have it been didn't seem real.
4: it didn't seem like it
3: so, um,
2: but they to answer your question tim they certainly don't have the the ability to run a cool suit like we do but they also don't have an aero screen so. they don't have an
3: aero screen so here kay this is i think what really is a huge, uh, interesting kind of indicator of F1 racing currently, okay? At this weekend, there was issues with the tires. Tires were having some micro cuts because of some aggressive curbing and the high G loading in the certain corners where the curbs were, all this stuff, whatever, whatever. Long story short, we could talk 10 minutes just on this whole topic, but Pirelli mandated stint lengths. So you could do no more than, I think it was 18 laps on a set of tires, okay? That forced it into a three-stop race rather than a one- or two-stop. And that meant that there was no tire management required. The tires they were running could run 18 laps hard, no problem. And so drivers were able to push flat out for the entire time. They never do that. And the well, guys are exhausted. Apparently can't, yeah. Right. So so what that tells you is that the average F1 race, the drivers are driving so under the car's actual limit to protect the tires for such a majority of the race. And we see this all the time. Every time Max asks, hey, what's fastest lap? And he just knocks out a lap seven tenths quicker because they're literally cruising around to a lap time there. And so while tire management is a huge part of the sport and a huge skill and all the rest of it, it kind of sucks, man, because these guys aren't racing all day. Like, that was one of the most interesting races because guys were pushing 10 tenths the whole day, something that in IndyCar, luckily, we get to do quite often. And it's so much more fun. But the physicality of that track, because of the high speed, the, the heat conditions, and the fact that they were actually pushing as hard as they could, not just as hard as they were supposed to for that given tire, for that given stint length, meant that they were all just absolutely gassed at the end of it. So... For me, it you know I, I think I would rather see cars that had less downforce that weren't as fast, but tires that were robust enough that they could drive 10 tenths all day and still be in good shape. You
2: know, don't worry, uh, Pirelli just extended their deal to twenty twenty seven, so you won't see that um, anytime soon before we learn how to play golf. Um, <laughs> the other the other thing that I will add to that that's an exceptional point is that because of how um meticulous F1 cars are built by the designers and the aerodynamicists and everything um the packaging is a lot tighter yeah um which means that the drivers are a lot closer to electronics to radiators to Retail very hot fluid. components yeah. that that indie car drivers aren't just because our cars are the size of a freaking Ford transit van so um they and potentially also, also felt more actual
3: heat, right,
2: touching them versus like just being hot because you don't have airflow like we do.
3: Because that was something that a couple different drivers radioed in, right? That like parts of their seat were getting hot, like they were feeling yeah. the heat oh, physically. The ECU. Like I, I remember
2: sitting on the ECU; it it would burn you. Like it's it's hot as hell.
3: Yeah. So when you've got yeah. ambient te- at nighttime, the ambient temp was thirty one degrees Celsius. And that's for those of you that like are on high the 80s, appropriate low 90s. Uh, temperature start. system, it's 88 89? 88? Yeah. So um, that's at night. Like That's insane. And the humidity was like through the roof. So it looked incredibly tough. But again, getting back to the fact that I thought the racing was awesome. I thought, like for a track that kind of looked boring in practice, the racing ended up being really good because guys were – they were pushing their off, and that's fun to watch.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was – it was fine. Like I, I sent a, the group or a group um, a message and said, you know, this is probably the least visually appealing F1 race mm-hmm. I've ever watched. Like that place is just not, especially coming off the back of, you know, your Singapore's and your Suzuka's and everything. Like it's kind of just and a you're sand, heading to Abu Dhabi. Plus, and- right. It's like a sand dune that there's a track in, in the middle of. Um, so from that standpoint, I didn't love it. I didn't, I didn't think the race was as interesting as you did, but like, Yes, certainly. It was cool to see a different side of guys, um, except for we saw the exact same side of George Russell.
3: A
1: f-ing man. clown, man.
3: Okay, all right. Here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying that George had a great weekend. Okay. George, I,
2: again, this has nothing to do with him as a no, race car I driver. He is a good race car driver. I, Tim, you're muted.
4: I I just want to say this for me and for my own benefit. Can you hear me okay? now? Yes, unfortunately. So, do you know do you know who pointed out how good of a weekend George Russell had? Well, me. George Russell. George Russell, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Okay, let's get – hold on.
3: We'll get to it. Okay, so George beat Lewis in every on-track session. He's never out-qualified him for the GP in a sprint race weekend before, so he's kind of struggled after one practice to get up to speed in the one-lap pace. Out, out-practiced him, out-qualified him, out-sprint raced him, out-qualified him for the sprint race, out-raced him in the race. In the race itself, in the GP itself, he started second – Was right on Verstappen's gearbox going into turn one. Softer tires, Lewis Hamilton on the outside, tried to do some crazy move. Very rare error in judgment from Hamilton's side. Hamilton's day is done. He hits Russell. Russell goes all the way to the back. And on a day where there really was no strategy because everybody was on the same program, and no one was saving fuel, no one was conserving tires, there were no safety cars after that first event, he just drove through the field from 19th to 4th. He did a great job that said, in the sprint race he did the most george russell thing we've seen all season long and it was like i wanted to just smash my head against the tv you want to explain what he did alex i,
2: I mean no i mean he just he passed the car and and just talked for for far too long about how amazing that it was that he passed the car and how much of a of a lad he is and all of this stuff, um, and 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 here's the thing. Like that aside, the whole incident that you mentioned with with Lewis and George, right? George was immediately apologetic because he didn't really know. So he was he was talking to the team, and they were like, "Yeah, George, you know, no problem. Like, car's good, front wing's fine, whatever." Well, after they fixed it, car's good, front wing's fine, blah blah. blah. Um. And then he apparently was watching on big screens and saw the replays. And then was all pissed at Lewis. And to the point where he was talking so much, the total wolf, who wasn't even there, who was probably in his living room in Austria watching the recovering
3: stream from surgery,
2: right? Plugged into the intercom via VoIP um, <laughs> and literally got on the radio and was like, George, shut up, just move on and focus on the race. Yeah. And it's just like the guy, he just talks so much i just can't i, I that's
3: all like
4: it's you gotta just you gotta so get on annoying. with it. you gotta get it's part of it right? just like he needs he needs to say it like i, I don't know i'm trying to find any justification for well, here's just the thing digging right? himself up for the stuff and that,
3: yeah. the pass that we were talking about happened in the sprint race he passes for the lead right it's mm-hmm. like it's like dude every f1 car has a camera even if you were passing for 15th the team sees it This was for the lead. Everybody saw it, man. It was a great great pass. Everybody saw it. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one missed it. Doesn't matter. That's your job. Do your job. The funny thing is, he ends up finishing fourth, right? Like, it's not like he got in the lead and drove away with the thing. So he's sitting there, oh, look at what a legend I am. How great am I, boys? Yeah, high fives all around. And then promptly gets passed by three cars, and he finishes fourth. I don't see him getting on the radio being like, oh, that was a gr- – when Lando went by me, did you guys see that? Did you see how good Lando did when he went by me? It's like, F- off, man. Like, just shut up. Good or bad, just shut up. Do your job. And the same, like you say, under caution just on the radio to the point where the team had to be like, George, st- stop. Like, stop it. It sounded like a parent talking to a child. And he's – He's such a good driver, but he just gets it he gets in his own way, I think, with some of this stuff. Like that, that guy needs a mental coach, I think.
2: I don't even know that he gets in his own way. Like I don't think it affects him. It's just very annoying for everyone that is listening. Fair. Um
3: yeah. Anyways, moving on from my least favorite Formula One driver. Okay, so let's talk about uh Piastri second. So what has, a guy, has, huh? Yeah, what a guy. What a but guy. Here's a here case. I'm gonna say so he wins the sprint race. So first, like, quote-unquote win. Doesn't really count, but it still kind of counts. I mean, doesn't count. But. Right. Um, but but Lando's still faster, man. Oh, 100%. And so, like, this is what's interesting. The last two weeks, everyone's been talking about Oscar because how good he's done in qualifying, but then, like, in Japan, couldn't manage the tires as well. Lando ended up finishing ahead of him by, what, like, 10, 15 seconds, whatever it was. This race, they both got penalties in qualifying, uh, in in the GP so they started like 6th and 10th because of all that melee at the start Oscar came out of turn 1 in 2nd place and just did a good job to hang on to it and kind of keep Max honest Lando started down in 10th and raced his way up to 3rd and was right on the gearbox of Oscar at the end but the team was just like we're holding station, we're not racing we're just bringing the, the car home and you could tell like he was a little bit, little bit upset and because of how much he like at one point in the race he was 16 seconds behind verstappen norris was he ended the race 6 seconds behind verstappen and like and oscar was only 5 seconds behind verstappen so it's like that gap has come down a lot now maybe because of the physicality and how tough it was you know max was cruising a little bit certainly but it almost makes you wonder like if lando had started further up and had an honest run at max the whole day what do you think would have happened? Because at the end of the race, man, you saw how tired everybody was, right? Lando was the only guy in his interview that looked like he had a little bit still left in the tank. He was like, yeah, I was hot, but like, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just mad because you know, I could have been better and I was the fastest car on track for a chunk of the race and whatever. So he's like, Oscar's doing a phenomenal job, especially for a rookie, but it's, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely still advantage Lando, I think, in, in overall mm-hmm. performance.
2: Couldn't agree more. And, and, but like, that's to be expected, right? Sure. Like, I mean, Oscar, as much as like he's doing, like, it's so hard for me to even realize and, and remember he's a rookie, man. Like he's, yeah,
3: that is insane.
2: Like he's seen all these places for the first time as well, or a lot of them, right? So it's like, yeah, no, shit, Lando's faster. But the fact that there's even a conversation, is like, well, in these conditions, Lando's quicker. It's like, oh, in all conditions, Lando should be quicker right now. So yeah, anyways, yeah. Uh, and very cool for, for really McLaren. Like we've, we've talked about on the show a little bit, but they rolled off as the worst car and now not even without Red Bull now without max in a Red Bull, right. they're the best team. Yeah. And, and it's
3: consistently,
2: it's phenomenal. It's like, I don't think there's been a turnaround in F1 that even can compare.
3: To th- I liked, I liked, um, you know, before the weekend started after the double podium in Japan, they took a big chunk out of um, Alpine in the Constructors' Championship, right? And Alonzo in the pre-event press conference was like, yeah, I think they're getting a little bit too confident about trying to pick, you know, trying to pick our spot up on, on the Constructors' Championship. They're 49 points behind or whatever. Well, Alonzo finishes fifth or sixth. Stroll doesn't score. Those guys are second and third again, and it's not like 11 points or something between them with still five races to go. It's like, huh. Were they overconfident or are you losing touch with where your team's really at?
2: Well, I'll never forget uh, Alonzo Montreal. He was like, Yep, I'm going to be on the podium, every podium for the rest of the year.
3: Yeah, that was his last podium. Yeah, that, that <laughs> but that maybe I said one you. more I'll, since then. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what
2: other
4: race? Oh, so he's throwing. I mean, so well, hang on.
3: Just w- w- one more thing quick about F1. Um, I'm going to give a big round of applause to uh, Esteban Ocon for mm. puking in his helmet because it was so hot and he was getting so dehydrated on lap 16 of 57, still finished the race in the points. That's a big effort, man.
2: Uh, I, I mean, I have a question like if what's, what's the opposite of a, a round of applause for Logan Sargent?
4: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Tim, you're muted again. A square of disappointment. Ah,
3: <sighs> a round of applause. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A square of booze. <laughs>
4: um yeah because that sounds like something we would order at a like a bar that we pay too much for
3: (laughs) so yeah it's it's a tough look i mean just retiring because of heat stroke or whatever when every other car finished everyone was hot and tired but like the quote from esteban was even like you'd i would literally have to die to retire they're like, well, you, mm-hmm. did you consider retiring when you threw up in your helmet on lap sixteen? And he's like, no, I'd have to be dead to retire the car. But also, Logan can't afford to crash again, so uh, he was in a no. Or what? Situation. You're gonna get rid of him? <laughs>
4: yeah, it's
3: the problem is, and Alex and I were talking about this. Like, there's no obvious person to take his seat. That's the only thing that's kind of saving his ass right now. Um. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's a nice kid. He's, he can be quick. He's just got to put a weekend together. Uh, so NASCAR also raced on the weekend. It was a, an elimination race mm-hmm. at the Roval. Uh, first off, our boys, Connor and Sage, were both running in uh, Xfinity. Um, neither one of them had tremendous days, but always good to see those guys out there. And old AJ Allmendinger, man, pulled off the winning cup. Always love seeing AJ win races.
2: I haven't watched a NASCAR race in at least three months. Um, yeah. I don't know why, because I, I do enjoy them, but I just... It's football season, man. Not interested. Football
3: season, we've been busy, you know. Yeah. Like, you had a couple races, you had a bachelor party, you haven't had a ton of Sundays off uh, the last little while. and, no, and if I do, I'm after. watching football. you watch watching football. Um, more about... Uh, how about the racing coming up, i.e. Petit Le Mans this weekend. Dude,
2: at... There's going to be quite a few people at our wedding watching that race because I'm very interested in seeing what (laughs) happens.
3: I'm I'm invested. I mean, you've got the new GTP class. We've already talked about this. Like, the separation is so close that, like, what, four or five cars are all within enough points? All of the
2: manufacturers. Right. Every single one.
3: Four manufacturers. All of them can win it, and it's and it's basically just like whoever finishes in front, right? It's not even like yes. this guy has to win, but this guy's nope. got to be seventh. It's just nope. kind of winner take all. It's basically yep. the NASCAR format.
2: Well, Where, except each manufacturer the, has two cars, but yes.
3: Right, right, but I'm just saying, like, yes. in, in the, it, it's the winner take all of the top five it is guys, 100%, 100%. hundred yeah. percent, which is incredible.
2: Very cool. Very, very
4: cool. Who's your money on all uh-huh. right. Um. I'm just betting everybody's going to have a great time. It's,
2: it's hard to say because here's the thing. The Porsche is arguably the slowest car, mm-hmm. right? Well, depending on the weekend, the Porsche and the BMW are the slowest cars. But like they also have the most race wins or like they have more race wins than Cadillac and Acura. So they clearly are executing at a high level. The Acura is the quickest car, but... They have things that go against them in the race from fuel and strategy and that sort of thing. And the Cadillac is arguably the next quickest car, but just makes so many errors. So it's like, is it going to be Porsche Penske, right, and execution that ultimately beats pace and potential mistakes from Cadillac and Acura? Like, that's that's what it's going to be. I don't really think the is going to play uh, a part in it. Um, but if I had to put money on it, I'm going to put money on the 10 car, man. They're due. They're due. They finished second in the past two years, lost the championship in the final round. They're in a winner take all situation. They're going to go do it.
3: I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And Hi, Weller.
2: Hi, Weller. With that,
3: He's my little boy. The little patient. Uh, well, guys, that's, uh, that's our time. So with that, good luck to all the teams in Atlanta. Good luck to Alex walking down the aisle. Good luck to yeah, Tim remembering Mr. Of that
2: of Is that a winner-take-all thing as well? Like, how does that work?
3: Well, no, you've, you've lost half your stuff. It, you've, oh. I mean, it's, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> pretty much, it's, you, you lost, you won, you won. Don't get me wrong. But, like, yeah, you lost a lot of stuff. All right, well, all right. Kelly and I are going to um. go wish us luck tomorrow. Good our, luck. Our appointment. And uh, okay. we'll see you guys in New York. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Serious XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown, he's Alexander Rossi and if you want to follow Fim, though we have no idea why you would he's at the tim durham on twitter follow us on youtube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content our track is produced by tim durham and by that we mean Fim.